welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Praise the Lord. Isn't it fun to have fun in church? Amen? Praise the Lord. I remember an old saying years ago when the devil said something to God, somebody said something and, and the Lord said, uh, and the devil said, what? I mean, think about that. We, we've got to watch what we magnify in our life, and we do it through our words, but it starts with our thinking. If we think on something long enough, we'll believe it, and if we believe it, I believe, therefore, I speak, and the words create images. It goes into a compartment in your mind. I call it the immunization area, where words create images. When she was saying that, you have no idea the perspective. You just kind of tweaked a lot of stuff. It was so good because... A lot of times we, we get generalities, and then when it comes, we don't recognize if it's ours or not because it's a generality. And sometimes we need to literally just speak what God's speaking. And when you do, that thinking, uh, that image that goes from a word, it can go into your head as information, knowledge, whatever. But through the meditation, it drops into your heart as an impartation. And through meditation, it'll bring a saturation. It will germinate, a germination. And then all of a sudden, a belief begins to develop, and then you'll believe it strong enough that you'll give a voice to it, you'll give a proclamation to it. And that produces the demonstrations and manifestation in your life. So when you're saying what God says about you, you're not thinking no more highly of yourself than you ought to. You're thinking soberly according to the grace that was given to you. So one thing I've learned to do, um, I had a different saying, but I always have this, I carry I carry. I know this is weird, but I carry post-its with me. And my, my thing in my head is, think it, ink it. If I think it, I ink it. Because I don't, I don't need, you know, so I can't remember that. You don't have to. Get a post-it. Just think it, ink it. Amen? So I just want to thank again for the opportunity to come to minister and everyone coming today. And thank God the weather's cooperating. Amen? I almost preached a sermon. I was going to ask Pastor Travis tomorrow if I could preach on perseverance because the snails even made it to the ark. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 3. Um, I'm really surprised I'm going to be speaking this today because I just, I've learned to just let God interrupt my life. I can prepare. I think Abraham Lincoln says, I will prepare and study and my day of opportunity will come. So sometimes I'm maybe be studying for something else later down the road because the Lord showed me a while back. He said, uh, a lot of things I'm trying to get to you and for a lot of things I'm trying to get to you, in you, to you, in you is not always for you. It's for the people around you. So sometimes I'm learning, I'm studying, not just for my benefit, but for somebody else's. So <clears throat> I enjoy the word and different things, but there's certain parts I just told the Lord I'm not interested in. <laughs> You know, I, if you're on the white horse, I don't care. I'll study, you know. But I, I, I've just learned to do different things because I had to write a paper for a degree, and and it was funny. This one pastor would always say, "Hey, can you can you preach on this subject?" I said, "Yeah," and I'd hang up and go. The Lord said, "Are you willing and obedient, or you just want to be obedient?" You know, it just so found out when I sat down and wrote the paper, guess what fit exactly in all those missing slots that I was writing? Four or five sermons that he asked me to preach that was outside my comfort zone. So I've learned if you want something you've never had before, then you're going to have to do something you've never done before. But always remember, faith doesn't come by he uh, having heard. It comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? I want to minister on something today. I believe it's going to interweave with everything we've said because... I've learned this. My dad was a builder. He built 1,500 houses, I think, in his life. We had so many streets named after us. It was crazy. No, seriously, one time I lived with my brother on my sister's street. Across the road was my brother's street. At the top of the hill was my street. My street was a dead end, short dead end. My two sisters had real long. I mean, we went into zip codes, amen? Then one day they said, did you hear about Ontario Street? I said, well, that's right next to Todd Street. They said, well, yeah, did you hear what happened to Todd Street? And I went, oh. They changed it, you know, as, you know, but they connected them. It's not dead end. Because I always say, I'm not dead end. I always say that. I'm not dead end. So they connected the two. So one day I walked by and went, I'm not dead end. Amen? 
But I want to preach on the love of God today because I believe a lot of times if you don't get the foundation right in whatever you're doing in life and you don't understand what it's based upon, then you're going to either bear artificial fruit, you're going to have a lot of things that's going to be haywood or stubble. But I found out if God is in, in the beginning of it, then Jesus will actually truly be the author and the finisher of your faith. And I found out that a lot of times our faith works by, I mean, it does work by love, amen? So I'm going to give this, it, it, to a lot of people, this is a simple, simple message, but this is one of been the life-changing messages for me, and I realized, just listening to Brother Hagin so much, this was actually the last message on the subject of love that he preached before he went to heaven, to, to heaven amen? So we just got a few minutes, so if you've got your Bible, turn to John chapter 3, verse 16, and... Um, it's very familiar. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, one thing about, uh, go, go over, if you've got a chance, go to 1 John. I might uh, be mixing your things up a little bit, but I want to show you something here. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, uh, while we're doing this, I want to lay a foundation, and we'll build up on it really quick. Now, notice what it says here in verse 7. Beloved, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Is that what it says? For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. People say, well, how do I know God? Well, if you do what he says here, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Now, watch this. And he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So if you go down to uh, verse, I think it is, uh, 10, herein is love, that not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his only begotten son to be the appropriation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Now, one thing I want to show you, go back to John three sixteen again, is this. God is what? And love is what? They're interchangeable. So let's read John three sixteen again. For love so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son of love that whoever believeth in love should not perish but will have everlasting life. See, it's, all it is is a different perspective on the street, same street corner. So when you start realizing these things, instead of a lot of times we'll just quote something real quick, but we lose the substance of what it is, and then therefore it won't be able to drop down in your heart and germinate to where it comes out as a belief, and you can speak it and act on what you believe. And the initial act of faith is speaking. Now go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I know a lot of you have already heard this, but one thing that I've noticed is this. There's two passages that I, um, there was a man of God that passed away. I was, right, I was with him. I didn't know him that well. I mean, I knew him for years, but he didn't know me. But I was able to eat with him and uh, share some things that he was sharing. And he said that he believed that there was a lot of, I mean, this guy was a true prophet. I mean, I mean, miraculous. Titanium rods bending, turning to bone. I mean, just, you could feel the pulse of God going through this guy. There's times I've sat with Pastor Ty, just talking to him in the thing, feel the pulse of God. And, and, and just, you know, stuff like that. But the reason I say that is, he said, there was a lot of things in the body of Christ that are going to slip. They're going to slip and drift past us if we don't watch it. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2, Paul, when he was writing to the church at Corinth, he said, let me remind you, brethren. He said, let me put you in remembrance. He said, I came to you, I preached you the gospel, you heard it, you received it, you stood on it. Some of you even got saved by it. But if you don't keep in memory what I preached to you, then all my preaching is in vain or useless. Hebrews 2, 1 says, he, he talked to the Christians again. He said, brother, don't let these truths slip past you or drift past you. So faith doesn't come by having just heard. Faith comes by he I mean, her hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So that's one reason I go back and I, I restudy things and confess things. And, you know, it's like Pastor uh, Reverend Karen said, you, you've got to constantly be doing it. Put it down and just keep speaking stuff, talking to yourself. You know, David encouraged himself in the Lord when all seemed lost. All he was asking for was, God, give me the bravery to stand up and do what I already need to do, but I realize that your word is voice activated, and if I'm going to do what I'm going to do, then I'm going to have to do it in the power of who you are. And who is that? Love. 
See, love covers a multitude of evil. It, 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 it would never fail. Look at verse 4 here real quick. I'm just, I'm just, you ever go on one of those amusement parks and you're waiting for the, the ride to go click? It's about ready to click. I can feel it. But I'm not going to make it happen. I learned this. Stay a half a step behind. Guys, if you're ever with your wife in the mall, walk a half a step behind her. Amen? Because you'll be talking to somebody in a leather vest. It doesn't matter what gender he is. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Somebody was, I'm waiting for somebody to ask me my gender. I really got a good one. Ginger L. Oh, yeah, really. You know, I, I need to probably confess this. A lot of people don't know this, but I was actually uh, uh, a man trapped in a woman's body when I was younger for nine months, and then my mother gave birth, so. <laughs> it's been such a great conference. Now I'm just running, amen? All right, let's get religious again. No, nothing. Look at verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind, envies not. Vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Love rejoices not in iniquity, but love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, love believes all things, love helpeth all things, love endures all things, love never fails. What can love never do? And what can never fail? And who is God? And love is who? Are you seeing it? Love will never fail, regardless. God will never leave you or forsake you. So when you start realizing that you keep love as your, you know, you and the Holy Spirit is not like the dynamic duo. You ever watch, I, I used to watch Batman and Robin, the, the ones before, yeah, before Star Wars special effects. I mean, it was kapow, bam, wham, all this. But did you ever notice when Robin would fight by himself? He'd get beat up every time. Do you ever notice when Batman would fight by himself? He'd get beat up every time. But when they fought as the dynamic duo, they never lost. So you and the Holy Spirit is the dynamic duo. You've got, he is the spirit of truth. He'll lead you into all truth. He'll guide you and stuff. See, what happens is if the devil can't get you out of the will of God, he'll get you thinking you're doing something else beyond the will of God. So what happens is now you think you're in control. Amen? It's like when uh, I, I, I didn't ride horses a lot when I was growing up, and Pastor Ty would probably know this, a different one. But, you know, one thing is, is you always got to let the horse know who's in control. Amen? So God, we got to realize he is the captain of our salvation. Amen? So let's get into this. So when I was reading this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8, I realized that when I was studying this, I found out in John 10, 30, it says, my father and I are one. Well, I realized it's in him that I live and move and have my being. I found out if I abide in him, we are the same. And he abides in me. If I abide in love and love abides in me, then I'm the same. I'm not the source, I'm the resource. And all of a sudden, my faith begins to work. Instead of making it happen, I just let it happen because I have the corresponding action of what I'm doing because now he's watching over his word to perform to do the things in my life. So what I did was, when I started reading 1 Corinthians 13, and people said, well, the, Bible, the books of Jude says, keep yourself in the love of God. Well, how do you keep yourself in the love of God? It's not really that hard. You go back to 1 Corinthians 13, find out who your identity is, is in Christ, Come on, the son of love. And he said, my father and I are one. So I started saying this, and this is what really changed it because I started seeing the images of myself in Christ, and I looked a lot better in Christ than I did out of Christ. So when I got in here, look what happened. I said, Todd suffers long and is patient. Now, I'm calling, even if I'm not, I'm calling those things which be not as if they are. So therefore, I'm saying Todd is kind. Todd envieth not. Todd vaunteth not itself. Todd is not puffed up. Todd does not behave himself as seemly. Todd does, is seeketh not his own. Todd is not easily provoked. Todd thinketh no evil. Todd does not rejoice in iniquity. Todd rejoices in the truth. Todd's learned to bear all things and believe all things and hopes all things. And by the grace and mercy of God, Todd will never fail. Because why? That love that Todd walks in will never fail. So when I started doing that, I found out I was abiding in divine. But who... How can two walk together unless they agree? 
So when I started realizing these things, God was simplifying the walk and what he wants us to do so we can build everything off of this foundation so it can stand beyond what we could even think because what it is, it is, is people are always watching your life whether you know them or not. I've had people come up mad at me times and say, you know, you just acted just like Jesus. I was like, well, I appreciate that. No, it was not a compliment. I said, no, to me it is because it's been a long time to get something on the inside to show up on the outside. Amen? Amen. So whatever we're doing in our lives, we're going to have to have that foundation to love. Now, let's get into here. Romans 5, 5, a lot of people are asking for what they already got. The love of God has been poured out and within our hearts through the Holy Ghost who was given to us. 1 John 3, 14 says, we know that we have passed from death into life because we have, we, uh, it says, we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Now, Matthew 7, 16 says, you shall know or recognize them by their what? Fruit. Now, work is an action, but a fruit is a result of the action. And, what, and if you weren't here in the earlier session, I'll say this. A fruit, according to the Vine's Dictionary, the Old New Testament words, especially in John 15, which we're about ready to go to, John chapter 15, it always talks about, it seems like, that the word fruit are visible expressions of power that work inwardly and invisibly of the character of the power producing it. Now, let me take a little side trip here. A lot of people, when they walk in love or they're doing what God's telling them and it's not politically correct and all this, they're more concerned about their reputation than they are their character. Listen, I I hope you don't say nothing bad about me, but I can't control that. And I don't sweat over it anymore. Because if God be for me, who be against me? If my ways please God, people say, well, how do you know your ways please God? How is he going to work together for your good? He said he will cause all things to work together for good to them that love me. And he said, how do you love me? You keep my commandments. And are the called according to my purpose. Well, see, reputation is merely what people think about you. (laughs) But your character, you have complete control over. You have a free will, and that's who you really are. Character always surfaces. Don't make it happen, let it happen. You can plant a tree and it will grow. I don't care if it doesn't bear fruit right away, but you keep that tree going. And I'm telling you, the deeper the root system, the stronger the thing. When you rise up, you're going to have fruit that will remain in your life And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. You can call an apple tree a pear tree all day long, but it is not. Why? Because you recognize it by its fruit. Amen? It doesn't matter what your past is. It's what you are right now. Your decisions determine your direction, but your directions establish your destiny. Now, with that being said, go over to Galatians chapter 5. I'm I'm still laying a little foundation here. Then we'll get in the meat of it, then we'll close out. Because I know some of you want to go to Hobby Lobby. No, I'm just, I don't know where it's going. I know, I don't know where it comes from. Look, look, at, verse, look at verse 22. It, 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 Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, or the visible expression of the power of the Spirit, is what? What's the first one mentioned? Love. Can you, what's the other ones? Joy, peace, long-suffering. Is that amazing, long-suffering? Forbearance, that's another word for it. Steadfastness, that's another word for it. It's the fourth one after love, joy, and peace. And watch this. Gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, uh, meekness, temperance, such that there is no law. Now, the reason I bring this out here is this. One of the things is, is the fruit of the Spirit is love. When's the last time you walk, seen somebody truly walk in godly joy without love? When's the last time you seen somebody walk in truly godly peace without love? See, what I'm trying to do is this. I love to strip things down, get it on the foundation, build everything up off of it. Amen? So everything we heard here, I'm not superseding it. I'm, I'm going farther down because I don't want you to have a dream or, or know that it's your personal responsibility or not lose hope or what was shared by the other ones here today to, to, to supersede it or out-trump it. I'm not doing that. All I want you to know is this. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. I want to make sure you have a fruit inspection, or, and the only way you can do that is have a root inspection. You've got to go in and keep yourself in the love of God. And I found out that when you walk, get in and you start walking in the true fruit of the Spirit of love, 
it becomes the common denominator of everything that God is trying to produce, not just in you and through you, but out of you for the people around you. God is trying to get you to where you develop stuff, and when it comes up, it's not going to be artificial fruit. We only have a certain amount of time on this earth. We've got to get to the place in our lives to where we do things with purpose, for purpose, and on purpose. So when I, when I try to do something, I thought, okay, where's my love walk right now? You know, a lot of people, and I'm sure Reverend Karen can vouch for this, is a lot of people would talk about Brother Hagin's faith walk, but if you go watch his YouTube video of his funeral, they talked about his love walk. That's what made his faith work. I know we mentioned his name, but think about Jesus. Jesus would walk around. They'd persecute him. He'd just say, if I've done wrong, just tell me am I wrong. But if I haven't, then why do you persecute me? He didn't have to defend himself. Jesus, when you're walking in love, you don't have to react. You've learned to respond. I found out when you're walking in love, no is a complete sentence. I don't owe people explanations for a lot of things. People say, what do you mean, no? I said, well, it's under the letter N in the dictionary. See, love really doesn't have doesn't need to defend itself because it is. God, are you all seeing what I'm saying? And a lot of people say, well, I don't know what to do when I have an attack. Well, the Bible says God is my refuge and strength and very present help in the time of trouble. Well, let's change that around. Love is, a, love is a, our refuge and a very present help in the time of trouble. Always run into the shadow of love because everything derives from that because God is love and love is of God. Amen? Now go to John chapter 15. I, I forgot what, how much time do I have? I forgot. Uh, oh, yeah, you don't want to do that. We've got people being late for flights. I'm just teasing. Pastor Karen's like, you know, uh, I'll get up and walk out. I'll write you a thank you note later. <laughs> Look at verse 1, New American Standard Version. <clears throat> I know I'm kind of preaching like a, what was it somebody said to me one day? They said, uh, oh, you preach like a fat man in a bob wire fence. <laughs> you got a lot of points over here, there, back there. I wanted to say you look like you ran into a barbed wire fence. No. But I walked in love. <laughs> Verse 1, I am the vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch that bears a, a branch in me, love, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. Now watch this. This word prune is also used as the word cleans. Cleanse or clean. But it also has another meaning to it. It says it's a pruning or a lifting off of heaviness. So every time that you bear fruit in the things of God and you're abiding in him, that it may bear more fruit, you already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide or stay connected in me and I in you. Now watch this. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branch. He who abides in me and I in him or who abides in love, and love abides in him. Watch this. He bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Amen? Now, if you remember over here in 1 Corinthians 13, you can have all these different things, but if you don't have love, you're what? You're cleaning. It's like holding an empty bucket. One phrase said, holding an empty bucket up there and hitting it with a stick. You're nothing. Without love, you're nothing. I don't want to turn a resume into God. I want to turn my life in and just, God, I just ask you to be gracious and kind because I want to do what he's called me to do. See, a lot of people, when I share with young people, when I travel, car rentals, I don't care if it's on airports, shared with a, a grandmother yesterday. I said, you're not done. you got your whole life ahead of you. And I said, what God's wanting to do is something in you that's bigger than you, but you're always looking at what you can't do, and it's interfering with what you can do. Now, let's go on here. If anyone does not abide in me, is thrown away as a branch, is dried up, and they cast him, uh, uh, cast him into the fire, and they burn. If you abide in me, love, and my words, love, abide in you, is 1 Corinthians 13 his words? Yes. Watch this now. Ask whatever you wish, and it shall be done for you. Now, let me give you some clarification on that verse. It means you get whatever you ask when, he does, when you do whatever he asks you to do. I'm not getting into works here. All I'm saying is this. A work is an action, but obedience is a result of your action. 
See, a lot of people get confused when they read Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Now, this might be a little side trip, but it might help some people. Saved by grace through faith. Can you put up Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10 for me? Grace is God's ability. One thing about your ability, you have a grace too. Now, I stand in an office of a certain grace that God's called me to do. But I was saved by the grace that brought a gift called salvation to me. But there's a grace inside of me that produces a gift. Now, I'm going to show you something here. We've been trying to make things happen so much that we, we forgot to just trust in him because we're not the source. One part of us is connected to the source. The other one is bearing the fruits or the result of it. Amen? Amen. But verse 8 says, for by grace are God's ability. Well, what's, what's grace? Well, it's God's ability. God has a sufficiency in his ability that you do not have in your ability. That's why he said in verse 9, well, verse 8, he said, it is it's not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Verse 8, now I'm trying to weave this into what I'm preaching right now because it might bring some clarity to some people. Look at verse 9. He said, not of works. There's not one thing you can do or action or deed that can get you to the place to where you're born again on your own. Because without him, you can do nothing. Who is him? Love. Nothing will separate you from the love of God, but there's nothing you can do to get that love of God to become you as the source. Amen? So look at verse 10. Then he turns right around in the New American Standard. It says, it says for we are his workmanship. One translation says, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which he preordained, that we should walk in them, living, watch this, the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. You say, well, I've screwed up my life. No, you're not that good. You're not that good. You, can't, you cannot mess up your life. You're not that good. Because what Jesus did on the cross can restore the years that the locust has eaten. He can take something that was meant for evil and turn it for your good. He can cause it all to work together for your good. But when you abide in him and you abide in, listen, then your faith excels. Everything else, you begin to produce the fruits of the Spirit. You walk in the divine nature of God. And all of a sudden, you realize that what was meant for evil will turn for your good. When they come at you one way, they'll go seven ways. All of a sudden, instead of what you think you were supposed to do in your life as an occupation, you spent 30 years on, even if you, got, you feel like you only have 10 years left, all of a sudden, the divine purpose of God begins to rise up because it's Him that liveth in you, which is the hope of glory. So people say, why are you talking about Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 10? Well, because this is what happens. We're, we're not supposed to make it happen. We're supposed to let it happen. How do you do that? Well, go back to verse 8. You're saved by God's ability, whose grace is sufficient. You have non-sufficient funds to get yourself salvation because it's not of work. But the moment you get born again and you receive that by faith, grace is God's ability. Faith is confidence and trust in that ability. At that moment, when you receive salvation, you become his workmanship. Now you're ordained unto every good work to go forth and bear fruit in his name. What's his name? Love. And love never fails. Now, now you're becoming what we call a, a living epistle. You're becoming that living example of who he is. You're being read by all men. They're not coming to you. They're coming to the one that lives in you, the hope of glory. He said, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. What's that? L the love of God. The earth is groaning. They're waiting for something. They're always wanting something. What is it? They want to love. How? Because he said, I so love the world that I gave. And what he's saying to this, I'm going to give you so you can give it out. I want you to be the conduit, the jumper cable. I want you to be the postman deliver my mail. I want you to get to the place to where you become so contagious and you just do more things accidentally than you do on purpose. Amen? Amen. So the moment you get saved, what happens? You become his workmanship because you realize there's nothing that you can do to earn that. And the moment you do, you realize now what? That that grace that was strong enough to get you the gift of salvation, become born again, now empowers you to do every good work that he has called you to do. Don't make it happen, folks. You already got. Quit asking for what you've got and quit trying to become somebody you already are. 
So why do I need to confess? Because you've got to agree with God so he can watch over his word to manifest it in your life. I don't confess the scriptures to get it to happen in my life. I confess it because I believe it's already inside of me. I'm not the poor trying to get rich. I'm the rich resisting poverty. I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I'm the healed resisting sickness. I'm not fighting for victory. I'm fighting from victory. And it all starts with love. The moment I get out of love, my faith doesn't work. Well, it works for a while. Well, of course, if you run out of gas going down the interstate, you'll coast for a half a mile. That's where most people are. They're just coasting through life now. You have a form of godliness, but you're denying the power thereof. Amen? Now, I'm going to show you one other thing here real quick since i got a few extra minutes. I'm going to show you something I was reading. It really blessed me. You see in verse 2 where it says, He pruneth it that it may bear more fruit. I don't know how this happens, but I've noticed this. The more that I bear fruit and abide in his love and go out and do what he's called me to do, there's certain things in my life that I cannot do in the natural flesh. Not through intellect, not through effort, willpower, whatever. Now, I have the power of choice. But there are certain things that only the Spirit of God can come into my life and cut off the weights and sins that have so easily beset me. But my job in Hebrews is, notice what it says, to lay them aside. Because some things spiritual only can be done by the Spirit. Come on. I'm not against counseling and therapy. I'm not against all these things. I'm not against certain things. There comes a time in your life where you've got to get released. And the Holy Spirit will jump in with you and come alongside of you and hook arms with you and get you out of a pit that you couldn't get out of for years. But when you're abiding in love and the Spirit of truth, I'm telling you, He'll come alongside you pull you out of that pit, and all of a sudden when you begin to bear forth fruit, I don't know how he does this, but it's like he comes in and cuts off these little habits, secret sins in your life. All of a sudden you go, wait a minute. But you have a choice at that moment to either receive it back or to lay it aside. And the moment you lay it aside, now you're free to go forward. And every time you do that in your life, and you break one thing after another, and you keep laying them aside, now you're going from what we call glory <laughs> to glory to glory. In other words, you're going from one stage of God's presence into the next stage of God's presence, because in his presence is fullness of joy. David, under the old covenant, a man that did not have the Holy Spirit inside of him, only the anointing upon him and enablement, he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit, a steadfast, persevering spirit. He said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Cast me not from thy presence, but restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I'm finding out more people don't have joy today. They got salvation, but they don't have the joy. We got it. I, all, I'm, all I'm doing is today is this. When I was in the room, I had a lot of other stuff written out. I thought I was going to minister different things, but I just felt I felt it hit me, and I went, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. I, I, I just knew it. Because if we don't get the root right, we'll never get the fruit right. God is wanting us to get to the place to where we don't feel like we're always struggling, we're always doing this. His yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Give me a few more minutes. Watch this now. Go, go on down here. I hope, I hope I'm not preaching like a fat man in Bible lesson. <laughs> By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. I was reading this one day, and I said, Lord, how do I prove to be your disciples? I kid you not as I stand here. He said, turn left. And I turned left, and I went right over, and I saw it. John 13, 34, and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I've loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Verse 9, just as my Father loved me, and I've also loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments and abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be full or complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I love you. Greater love is no man than this, that one lay down his life for his friend. That's John 3, 16. You are my friends. Who else did he call friend? Abraham. 
if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you a slave, for a slave does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For whatever I have heard of my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. This I command you that you love one another. Now go to Ephesians 4. If I got time, I'll go to Luke 6 and then we'll close. I hope you're all getting something out of this. No, Ephesians 3. This is Amplified Classic. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I'm about ready to read one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Verse 16, may he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened, reinforced with mighty power in the inward man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being personality. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people, when they get born again, their personality changes. I mean, just listen to the testimony. Come on. Now look at verse 17. I'm telling you, folks, this is, going, this is where it hits the rubber meets the road. This is so good. Sometimes I just read it and... I know I get reported in the hotels running around. <laughs> I like those rooms where they have two beds. I can jump back and forth. <laughs> Pastors, every Karen's going, I think he does that. <laughs> Don't put it by him. May Christ, through your faith, may Christ, through your faith, this is so good, actually dwell, settle down, and abide and make his permanent home in your heart. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely in love that you may have the power to be strong and apprehend and grasp with all God's saints, God's devoted people, the ones of experience that love. Watch this now. What is the breath, length, height, and depth of it? Love has four aspects to it. When I would go back home to my older sister's house, she was a lot older than me. I'd go in from college or whatever. Hey, Todd's here. Hey, Todd, don't preach to us. Because light exposed darkness. She said, I'm a, I'm a Christian, blank, 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 or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying that to do, I mean, it, she, I mean, she is, she's in heaven today, I will tell you that, because she, and the Lord began to deal with me. He said, um, I want you to walk in love, but you, I'm trying to remember exactly how he said it to me. He said, you're trying to give them one aspect of my love. Let me show them another aspect. Because when you put a diamond in a light, you ever go into the mall and you have diamonds that are, wow you walk out in the mall you go somebody stole my diamond you go back under the light and you go oh there it is well when when somebody's sparkling like a diamond they're walking into revelation of god's love at that moment and they're starting to see different aspects of not who you are but the love of god because there's a height a depth a breadth and a length of it so the, i believe the lord showed me he said let me he said start doing some things different instead of just quote going in and preaching or sharing or whatever so I just, I started changing some stuff. I felt like the Lord told me. Well, before my sister passed away, she was a lot older. And she said, she, she said, um, all right, everybody, Todd's leaving. This flipped me out one night. Todd, hey, hey, tell him in the basement, Todd's leaving. Todd, everybody in the living room. She was five foot nothing, but I'm telling you something. She had a general patent anointing on her. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, let me answer that. Who is that? No, I do it all the time. Who is it? Oh, oh, shoot. No. Oh, I've answered many of them. We prayed for them over the phone and everything. Oh, I do. And they never called back either. But she said, Todd, Todd's leaving. Everybody said, well, you want us in here? He said, we're having circle prayer. Every time I would go after that, and that might have been a couple, three or four more years. Every time when I was leaving. <laughs> hey, come on, get off the computer. Hey, come up here, Todd's leaving. We all just have circle prayer. Why? Because they needed to see another side of God's love. And only the Holy Spirit can do that through you. Now let's go on here. This is my fa one of my favorite scriptures. That you may really come to know practically to experience for yourself the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, that is, you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. When I went to India, I, I, seriously, this happened. The Lord said, take sponges. I didn't know they had a shortage. So I just bought some sponges. You know, I just bought them, you know, took them over there. I had sponges. I didn't know what to do with them. 
I only bought a few packages. I didn't know what to do. It's not like the Lord said, cut these in half. So I cut them up. I got one about that big, and the regular one was like six by nine or something. I forget. He, he, and I, then all of a sudden, the Lord showed me. He said, take it in there. So I went in there, and he, I took a teardrop, a, a little teardropper, and dropped three drops. I said, first I said, which one of these has more capacity to receive? They said, the big sponge. They all kind of pointed. And so I went over and put about four drops, teardrops in it. And I squeezed it and squeezed it and squeezed it. Nothing came out. And I took the little one and dumped it in the bottom of the bucket up and down. And I held it up, and it was dripping the water. And I found this out. The more filled you are with something, the less resistance it takes from an outside force to cause a release of the substance you contain. The more filled you are with the substance, the less resistance it takes from an outside force to cause a release of the substance you contain. I found out I don't have to walk in all the fruits of the Spirit. i got to keep myself in the love of God. How do I do that? I go back to the, the manual book. I say, Todd is patient. Todd is kind. I'm not acting this way. This is who I am because I am in abiding in the vine. I'm abiding in the very source of who God's love is. And when I walk around, my job is not how many people I reach and how I reach them. My job is just to stay filled like a sponge so whatever touches me or I touch it in whatever way, by my words, by physical touch or whatever, I leave an impression of who God is because all of us remember one waters, one plants, but God gives the increase. Amen. Verse 20 says this, Now to him by the action of his power within us, he's able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly far above all that we dare ask, beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. What he's referring to in verse 20 is 16, 17, 18, and 19. If you do those first verses, it says, according to the power that is at work with you. What power? The power of love that is in you, it will carry out his purpose. In other words, instead of trying to figure out the will of God and always make it happen, it just automatically blooms out of your life. He causes your steps to be ordered most of the time because you'll probably mess it up by trying to figure it out. So your steps are ordered, not your head. Amen? Amen. Now, if you allow, how much more time do I got? No, don't say that. Can I have about six or seven more minutes? You all have a plane? She's like, no, I'm just here for the ride. I'm going to get another taco. I'm not leaving. No. Let, let, me, let me just show you this. Uh, give me about seven or about nine more minutes, eight, seven or eight minutes. Is that okay? Actually, my watch, my battery broke. It, it is right now. It's actually 10 till 10 right now. I've got plenty of time. <laughs> let, let me read these three verses. I don't want to go through verse 4. I want to go to Luke 6, and we'll finish there. Because Luke 6 is really amazing. Verse 14, 15, and 16, it says, As a result, we no longer be children tossed here and there by waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects of him who is the head, even Christ. Now watch this. From the whom the whole body, from whom the whole body, that's you. That's talking to you right now. Being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper work of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. I was in uh, Lombardy, Brazil, up in the mountains outside of Rio, and uh, we, had a, we had most of the day off before we had something to do that evening. And some, actually some people from Colorado, no, Oklahoma, said uh, they were Rhema graduates, and they said, hey, uh, would you like us to take you into town? It was a beautiful mountain town. And they said, we want to take you over to where these fountains are. And I said, what? He goes, no, I'm going to just show you this. He said, you got to see this. So we went in and we walked down uh, about, I don't know, we walked down about 20 or 30 steps, about 15, 20 steps. Went down and it was a, a room that was about this big as this section and went over just a little bit. Over here it had three fountains. It had number one, number two, number three. Over here it was four, five, and six. I said, what is this? He said, well, you see everybody's got their jugs here? I said, yeah, well, they got all the numbers. He said, okay, this jug right over here they brought in has number four. They know that, that they want that jug filled up with the water coming out number four. I said, wait a minute, what, what's going on? He said, you ever heard of Perrier? And I said, yeah. They said, this whole area here is like Perrier water coming out, but all six of these have different flavors. They said, that's not what is unique about this fountain here. And I said, what's unique about it? 
It says it comes from the same water source, but when it leaves out from the main water source, it goes through the ground different ways and all this. And when it comes out, it has all six distinct different flavors. And I went, there it is. He's the vine, we're the branch. Just because you don't think somebody's walking in love like you should, maybe that's not your flavor. Amen? What, what, what have we been saying? Hey, who's it up to? You. you. You can't change somebody else's flavor to make them happy with you. Amen? Okay, let's go to Luke 6 and we'll wrap this up. And I apologize if I'm taking up too much time here. This is so fun. Pastor Luann, you got great notes. Okay, th- now this is the New American Standard Version. Look at Luke 6. Look at verse 45. Oh, I'll tell you what. Yeah, 45. The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from which fills his heart. Do you see it? Verse 46. Are you all ready? We're talking about foundations. I wanted to finish this with the foundational message. So we, we all can build up. Everybody has to recalculate. The Holy Spirit inside of you is a genius. He will teach you to recalculate, reroute. He'll get the little leaveth out of, out of you. He'll get the little foxes. He'll show you everything so you can excel. Why? Jesus is coming back. We've got to be busy. We've got to do what God's called us to do instead of the merry-go-round of life, dealing with the same problems, and we get off on the same place we got on. Amen? Now look at verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my what? Sayings or words and acts upon them, I will show you what you're like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation upon the rock, and when the flood rose, didn't say if, but when the flood rose, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built his house upon the ground without any foundation, and the torrent burst against it, immediately collapsed, and the ruins of that house was great. Now, what am I getting at with this? Back here. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? Then he goes over here and goes this. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words or sayings and acts upon them, I will show you what you're like. I found out that this is an end of a statement almost. Not chapter and verse. It's the end of something. Go back to verse 27, and we're going to find out what his sayings are. Do you want to be built up on the rock? Do you want to have a, 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 a Christian walk that is established that when any storm comes in your life again, it's not going to whack your life out of whack. It's going to get up. You're going to say, no, 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 no. All other ground is nothing but sinking sand. But upon this solid rock, I'm going to stand. Look at verse 27. But I say to you who hear. That's the beginning of the sayings he's talking about in verse 45 and 46. Watch this. Love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. You're like, oh, jeez. <laughs> Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him also the other who takes away your coat. Do not withhold your shirt from him either. Verse 38, I'm going to be honest with you. Verse 30 was one I really dealt with. Give to everyone who asks of you. I did. I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I'll be broke in two weeks. But I found out it says, who is in need of necessities. Whoever takes away what is yours did not demand it back. Just as you want people to treat you, treat them in the same way. If you love them who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. Verse 35 is our key because it's showing us how to dig deep. But love your enemies, do good, land, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great. You'll be sons of the Most High for himself, kind kind to ungrateful evil men. Now watch this. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, you'll not be judged. Do not condemn, you'll not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Verse 38, now Reverend Michelle used this as an offering scripture, and you can do it. But when we keep this in the context of the passage, he's talking about verse 27 to 37 here. If you give those things which I told you, 
They will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. They will pour in your lap, for by the standard of measure, you, uh, uh, it will be measured to you in return. Also, he spoke a, now this is very important. He also spoke a parable and said, a blind man cannot buy out the blind man, can he? Will they both not fall into the pit? A pupil is not above his teacher, but everyone after he's been fully trained will be like his teacher. What's that saying? The moment you listen to somebody else besides the Spirit of God inside of you, and they're contradicted to the Word of God, they are becoming your teacher. And if you listen to them long enough, you'll be fully trained, and when they fall into the ditch, you will fall too. Then he goes on and says, Why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log in your eye? But how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take that out of your speck whenever you do you see the log that is your own eye? This all goes with, you only can take care of you. It starts with you. Now watch this. Let's go on down to verse 43 for time's sake. For there is no good tree which produces bad fruit, nor on the other hand a bad tree which produces good fruit. For each tree is known by his own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, but or pick grapes from a briar bush. Now watch this. Then he turns right around in verse 45 and says, The good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is evil or good, and the evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil, for his mouth speaks with which fills his heart. Are you all seeing this now? Now, I kind of went a little bit long here. I didn't mean to, but what I'm trying to do is this. You can go to, you can go to a lot of conferences, a lot of seminars, a lot of different things, and I found out you can get a lot of notes, and you could do all these things, but you can end up right back where you started from in your rut living, riding the same merry-go-round. When you get the Holy Spirit inside of you, begin to cut those weights and sins. When you get in there and you start realizing everything is based off the my love walk with God because God is love and love is of God, and then you start realizing that all the fruits of the Spirit, the common denominator of all of them is love, all of a sudden, those visible expressions of power begin to flow out of you. You're not going to figure it out. It's like black cows eating green grass and white, white, white milk. You're just not going to figure it out. You've got to walk by the Spirit so you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge what? Who's Him? Acknowledge love, and He shall direct your path. Why? because he knows your future better than you know your past. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you so don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website, arenaoflifechurch.org, or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week.